that the DNA record has yielded other surprises, portions of DNA that have fallen into disuse and decay. These fossil genes represent a new type of record that sheds light on the evolutionary past. One of my favorite stories about fossil genes involves a set of fish species that live in the Southern Ocean near the Antarctic. This is very cold water, about minus two degrees Celsius, and these fish have adapted to this extreme habitat in some pretty remarkable ways. And one feature that's quite obvious about them is they have no red blood. So they're the only animals with backbones, the only vertebrates on the planet without red blood. But if you look at their DNA, and you look at a stretch of DNA in exactly the same place where their red-blooded fish cousins have genes that encode the proteins that carry oxygen in their bloodstream, one of those genes is missing in these so-called ice fish, and the other gene is just a truncated remnant that's just withering away. And that tells us that. The ancestors of these fish had these genes for carrying oxygen, but their descendants don't. There's been a change in lifestyle, and this is something we can find again across all domains of life. Sets of genes that are no longer being used, that are inactive, but there's enough DNA text remaining that we can tell that they used to function at some point in the ancestors of these creatures. So fossil genes offer clues to traits and functions that have been abandoned as species evolved new lifestyles. There are striking examples of such genes much closer to home. If you look in a mouse genome or you look in a dog genome, the largest class of genes, about five percent of all their genes, are involved with detecting odors. Well, about half of all those genes in humans are fossil genes. They're inactivated. So our repertoire of odor-detecting molecules is really decayed relative to our mammalian ancestors. Now, why might this be? We, for example, rely a lot on our sense of color vision to find our way in the world, to spot food, to spot danger, to find our way home, to look at each other. And it turns out that all old-world primates have this sense of full-color vision that we have. And they all show this pattern of decayed repertoire of smell-sensing genes. So again, a shift in lifestyle, shifting from a lifestyle sort of driven by the nose to a lifestyle driven by vision, is reflected in the genome as a bunch of genes, in, in our case, that are no longer working. We humans, in fact, have about eight hundred fossil genes, and about seventy have fossilized just since our split from the common ancestor that we share with chimpanzees. That means there are about seventy genes still working in chimpanzees that are no longer working in us. What do fossil genes such as these tell us about evolution? There's a process of both birth and death of genes, and it's a quite dynamic process. And that as species are adapting, shifting lifestyles, some genes are no longer needed to equip those creatures. For the best performance, and sort of the general rule of these fossil genes is is use it or lose it. A gene that's not contributing to the performance of a creature, natural selection no longer is acting upon, and the text of that gene will eventually decay. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk/use.